Grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and get cozy because you are listening to Mindful as a Mother with Paige Bruce and Lindsay Adams. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship. And the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. This is a trigger warning. Today's episode will contain sensitive information regarding supporting ourselves and our kids in the wake of a national tragedy, including a mass shooting that occurred in Texas. If you find yourself feeling anxious, having continual thoughts of this event or fears and anxiety for the safety of your own children at this time, I would encourage you not to listen to this episode. I would encourage you to give yourself more time to process the events. I'm going to ask you to limit your media exposure to traumatic events, whether that's fictional or non-fictional, including this podcast, reading the news, and needing to know the details of what happened in the perpetrator. Give yourself self-compassion and grace to process the information and the events that happened this week. And when you're ready, come back, and then we will give you tips on how to support your children in the wake of a school shooting um, and processing that information and to support yourself as a parent and your peers and friends and loved ones as fellow parents and individuals in the community or in the nation. Thank you. It's May 25th. And we are all kind of churning in the aftermath of the tragedy in Texas. That happened yesterday, May 24th. And I know being a parent myself, I am in shock. I am grieving. I cannot put myself in the shoes of the parents experiencing what they're experiencing yesterday, today, and will continue to experience. Or else I'll be at risk of not being able to maintain myself for the rest of the day. Most of you know that I personally live in Idaho and the tragedy happened in Texas. This is a national tragedy. I don't know many parents that aren't rocked by this, rocked by another school shooting, by the idea that you could send your child to school and they will never come home. Hey. This episode this week is specifically designed to be a support measure for us as parents. It's going to be a combined episode where Lindsay is going to talk specifically about how to support your kids right now in the wake of what happened. And I will talk specifically on how we can support ourselves and our fellow parents in the wake of a school shooting. We're going to make it 
as light as possible, but know that our hearts are grieving. And none of us should have to have this be the norm. I was telling Lindsay today that we just don't live in a society anymore where we have the privilege to not be prepared to support our children and our fellow parents through a tragedy like this. It's not fair. So that's a preference. Sorry, that's a preface for the episode this week. Trigger warning. Death, loss, school shootings. Hello and welcome back to Mindful as a Mother. This is a joint episode. We're doing it a little differently today. I'm going to share my part and then Paige has a segment later on where she's going to share her part. It's a really, really heavy topic. So I want you to just prepare yourself that we will be talking about school shootings and how to talk to our kids and um, how to manage the feelings that come up as parents. So if this is too much for you or you're not in a space to um, talk about, listen, or hear how to approach those things, that is totally okay. And you can just skip this episode or tune back in when you are feeling ready. It's such a heavy topic that it actually took me a full week to be able to record it because I have been feeling so many emotions and so many feelings about the topic and I just didn't feel like I was in a place where I could record my thoughts. So I'm finally there and this episode's a little late. I'm sorry about that, but hopefully it will be helpful to all of the parents out there struggling with how to talk to their kids and what to say during this really tragic and hard time. The first and most common question I get is, do I talk to my kids about this? Do I say anything to them about what has happened in Texas or the fear of, of school shootings or, or mass shootings in public? And I would say if your child is school age or if they are in a setting where they will hear about it somewhere else. So like your babies and toddlers, You don't need to be talking to them about this yet unless they are asking about it. But if your child is of a school age, goes to a school, you definitely need to talk with them about what has happened. Because if you don't, they will get the information from somewhere else or they will take in bits and pieces of conversations or things from friends. And often the stories they make in their head are a lot scarier and create a lot more fear than us sitting down and having the conversation with them. So we as parents should be addressing the school shooting and school shootings in a way that is honest as possible and age appropriate. And only you can decide what it feels age appropriate for your child and their developmental level. Um, A lot of times as parents, we think we're sheltering our children from fear and anxiety, but they're very attuned to the world around them. They'll hear other children talking about it or see the news and they maybe do shooter drills in school. And it's really just best if the information comes from us so that they can process their feelings, ask questions, and we can share things in a way that we feel is appropriate for where they are at developmentally. 
your child may come to you and ask about the school shooting and um, and maybe they already have, right? And it's not too late, even though we're a week out, um, to go back and have conversations with our kids, especially now that likely they aren't going to school. It's a good space to like hold. It's a good time to hold space for feelings and process through th things where they don't have to go right back into school. So your child may come to you and ask questions or you may go to them. One good way to start the conversation is to ask what they know or what they have heard about the school shooting in Texas. This allows them to share with you any information that they've received and you can then get a clue on our guide on where to start with giving them age appropriate information. For younger kids, we can lean into like, you know, I want to talk to you about like feeling safe at school and sometimes when unsafe things happen at school, um, this may lead into the conversation for a younger kid as well. But I always think it's best to just ask what they know and then we can gauge from there. After we have heard what they know and we share what we think that they need to know from us as their parents, and this is always a tricky one because people people want like a script of what to say to their kids, and I really wish that I could give you one, but only you know what is best and how to communicate it. So with my first grader, I Sam is pretty, um, for lack of a better word, oblivious to what happened, right? So kids maybe because of like the small classroom he's in, kids weren't like super aware of it. So I kind of asked if he had heard about it and he said, kind of. And then he said, um, bad guys came into a school because he's very into like bad guys and good guys. And so I was able to say, yes, sometimes that happens. And that's why we do those drills to make sure that you're safe. And I just allowed him to ask me any questions. So this is where you want to hold space for your child's feelings and allow them to ask you any questions about what happened. This is the hardest part because this is where kids ask questions that we don't have the answer to or that trigger a lot of emotions in us. And this is why it's so important to take care of our own mental health and to take time and space to process these things um, as we're having conversations with our kids or before we're having conversations so that we're able to emotionally hold it together. Because when someone asks you why, why someone would go into a classroom and kill kids, you really just don't have an answer for that. And you don't want to scare your children more by talking about the evils that are in the world in a way that seems scary. And so you could respond something like, I, I don't know why people do that, but some people do bad things and mom and dad want to do everything we can to protect you. You can reassure them that you wouldn't send them anywhere that you thought was unsafe and you can just answer their questions and hold space for their emotions. Allow them to express how they're feeling. How are you feeling about what happened? Are you feeling safe at school? How are you feeling about school? And just letting them process, just like we've needed to process what has happened. In the language, we want to use validating and empathetic language. We often use terms as parents like don't be scared rather, um, or you have no reason to be scared. Nothing like that will ever happen at your school rather than holding space for our child and their emotions. And what we want to do in this moment is not invalidate their emotions or tell them that they shouldn't be scared or that it's not okay to feel how they feel. We really want to normalize the fear and grief. 
that are that are that we are all experiencing right now so that they do not feel alone in experiencing that fear and grief they do not feel like something is wrong with them or it's not normal to feel this way after something so tragic has happened or to feel scared about their school and what could, and what could happen at their school after something like this has happened these are thoughts that we as adults are all having and our kids are having them too and it's better to allow them to express them and work through them and ask those questions about well what are we doing at my school to stay safe or why do people do that or um why do things like this happen? And it's okay to say, I don't know. I don't know. And it's really hard for mom too, to hear these things and to go through these things. But I do know that I love you and I wouldn't send you anywhere that I don't fully believe is safe. So after you have given them the space to ask questions and process their feelings, then you can move into talking about this action piece. Kids feel empowered and more in control when they know what to do in situations. Humans in general feel this way. Now, we don't want to scare them. We don't want to over talk about like what to do in the situations or things that in a way that will panic them, but just helping them feel empowered that they know how to respond if something scary happens. So you can talk about things that the school does to stay safe, like how does someone get into the school? And that's what the school is doing to protect them. So like for my son's school, the example I gave is, remember when we were late to school and we have to, or mom has to check you out and we have to go to the door when it's all locked and we ring the doorbell and mom has to hold her ID up to the doorbell. Like I walked through that, like this is what, what they're doing from keeping other people. And then you do the drills and your teacher, this is why your teacher has to know where you are at all times and just things that reassure them that um, there are protocols in place and things that they can do. You can also set up, if you have older kids, a plan for like what they will do. So maybe it's they have their little watch that they call you on or a phone or a code word for like if they feel unsafe at school or if something's happening at the school, just anything to help them feel supported and empowered. And if your child is older, um, when I say older, I mean like, second grade and up or developmentally like mature, you can say, what can I do to help you feel safe? And give you can give them options of like, you can call me and check in. We can create a plan. We can um, have a code word that we send to each other. This helps your child feel in control and have options. The hardest part of being a parent during this is we don't want our children to live in fear while we are also living in fear, you know, like we want them to be safe and protected, but we also want them to still be able to live their lives, which is so sad that we are even in this situation where we have to have these conversations and we don't want to scare our kids, but we also want to educate them on the realities and dangers of the world in a way that they can understand and prepare themselves for. So after you've talked about like what they can do, the planning, feeling comfortable at school, you can also talk with your kids if they're still really a feeling scared, nervous, or deeply impacted by it, or even if they're not expressing it, I think it's great to involve your child in serving those who are either directly impacted by this or um, doing something to serve, right? Um, in times where we feel powerless, I have found that helping others and taking action is one of the best things we can do as humans to move forward. So whether, and I don't know what that looks like, it may look like uh, doing extra chores to donate to a GoFundMe, it may look like 
um, doing something for someone in the community just to do something good. Shifting that process and the sadness into serving and helping others. Now, young kids can't do much to change gun laws and regulations, and so we have to really just, like, do what we can where we can or talk about, like, things that we're doing to help other people. So something really cool um, is I saw that someone painted the caskets of the kids, um, hand-painted them, and there were some superhero ones. And so I sat down with Sam, and who, who loves superheroes, and I showed him, like, how cool that someone did this, and I even pointed out ways that people are serving, and how um, humanity, even in our darkest times, we there are often like helpers. Paige talks about this all the time, like look for the helpers. And there are helpers who show up and heal through um, giving, through painting caskets, through um, donating money, through serving others, through just being kind. So really helping our kids see that like, even though there is this very dark and scary side of humanity, there is this there are always these bright spots in every tragedy of people helping, sharing their gifts, going above and beyond to make the world a better place. And hopefully being able to shift into that will help our kids acknowledge the darkness that's in the world, but not live in constant fear that something bad is going to happen to them. It also sets them on a path of learning to cope effectively with these things and I wish this was something we didn't have to teach our kids but it feels like the past two three years now have been more and more about how we as a society are going to learn to cope with the really hard challenges that come up whether it's mass shootings pandemics wars the we we're going to have to teach our kids because these things will continue to happen maybe not in this way, but we will face hard things. There will be hard news and helping them have this process for we sit down, we talk about it, we hold space, we answer questions, and then we take value-based action, which is I value serving others and being kind, and I'm going to take action in that direction. I hope this was helpful to you in some way, and I hope that you are holding space and taking care of yourself during this really, really difficult and emotionally hard time. I don't even know where to begin. The fact that we have to be here and have this discussion feels so unfair. Um, I will speak candidly in our podcast today because I'm still rocked by what happened. I'm still affected. I'm still thinking about it. I'm still one hypothetical thought away from potentially crying myself and being so scared to send my kids to school. Okay. So today, my portion, my contribution to you guys in this podcast is talking about how we can support ourselves as parents and even our fellow parents in the wake of the Texas school shooting. Okay. The first thing I want to talk about is why does this impact us? I'm in Idaho. It happened in Texas. I'm not sure where you are. I love that you're here in my little corner of the internet, but I'm not sure where geographically you are located. Something that we need to know is when there is a national tragedy that could include natural disasters, man-made tragedies like the mass shooting, um, terrorist attacks like 9-11, okay? There is something called 
emotional and psychological proximity, which is just like a really fancy term that we use in the psychology world to measure our emotional and cognitive distance from an event. If you're a parent, if you've ever sent your children to school, if you work in a school, if you ever have ever had a scare or you've been affected by a mass shooting or gun violence before, your emotional and psychological proximity to this event is very close. You're very close. Okay, as a parent with a child in elementary school, I am very close to this event. Okay, and because of that, that emotional and psychological proximity, which is a level of emotional connectedness and empathy towards people and the event. This hits home for me. That's what that means. This hits home for me and I am too close to it, even though physically I live in Idaho because of my emotional connectedness and empathy for the people who experienced this tragedy. Okay. That's why you are feeling a response to this because you're human and collectively we are grieving the experience that happened. I want you to know that your responses, your reactions, the anxiety you're feeling, the need to know all of the events of what happened. Maybe you need to know the pictures of the survivors. Maybe you need to know all of the details of the perpetrator, everything, how it unfolded, why it unfolded right? All of your reactions and responses, your anxiety, your fatigue, your difficulty sleeping, your fears to send your own children to school today are all normal reactions. These are all normal responses to an abnormal circumstance because mass shootings, school shootings, mass death is not a normal circumstance. Hey, So I'm going to talk a little bit on how you can support yourself. The first thing I want you to consider, and I said it in the trigger warning of this time together, is limiting your consumption of media. Okay, that includes news articles, updates, videos, whatever concerning this event. Okay, talking about it to recount events. Okay. If you are on Instagram, if you are on Facebook, if you are on TikTok, if you are on Twitter, if you are on Apple News, Google News, CNBC, Fox News, I want you to consider taking a break. Okay? It's normal. It's a normal response. Because we're trying to process what happened, so we want to know all the details. But what we are doing is continually exposing ourselves over and over again to this traumatic event. And because you have that close emotional and psychological proximity, you cannot continue to expose yourself to this event without mental health consequences. It's called vicarious trauma, secondhand trauma. You are being traumatized by continuing to expose yourself to this content, okay? And with that comes rumination. Rumination is the repeatedly thinking of something over and over again. We're just going to think about it and keep thinking about it, okay? So when we continue to consume this content, we continue to ruminate about it. We start to relate to it. We start to create the what ifs. What if this happened to my kid? What if I was there? 
imagining the scenarios in your head of these parents not tucking their children in at night, the grief they might be experiencing. Okay, you're ruminating on the emotional impact that this event has. And I need you to take a break, okay? To take care of yourself, to support yourself through this, I would like to invite you to unplug and take a break from your media consumption. And also consider, sometimes I like to watch TV to zone out. I like to get brain dead and watch something um, if you find yourself watching like a true crime, something or a documentary or something, and it's too heavy, consider switching. Okay. If that is how you like to kind of just get brain dead and process, find something uplifting or lighthearted that you can consume. Okay. But take a break from this event and give yourself the time to process. The next thing I want to talk about is finding a safe place. Hey, so one, one really important thing to do is, and Lindsay talks about this a little bit, is creating a safe place for your kids to ask questions and to share feelings and to share thoughts. You need that too, okay? Studies have shown that the stronger your social support network, the more resilient you are and the less extended traumatic symptoms you'll have, okay? So your experiences of PTSD or the rumination, um, the experiences that you're having, the responses you're having based on this trauma will not continue as long, according to the studies, with a strong social support. Do you have a safe person you can share with and they can share with you to just share how you're feeling, what you're thinking, If not, do you have a journal? Can you get a journal? Will you consider writing it down? Will you consider a vlog? You don't ever have to share it, but we need to find a place for you to process, for you to share, for you to feel validated in what you're experiencing. I'm gonna talk about self-compassion in a minute, but when we are experiencing trauma because of our emotional or psychological proximity, a lot of the times we feel a lot of shame and guilt for having experiences, for having anxiety, for having this level of grief because it didn't impact us the same and it will never impact us the same as a parent on ground. But you are still having a normal response because of your emotional and psychological proximity. Okay. So I need you to acknowledge and understand and not judge yourself for having these emotions and experiences. I need you to just find a place to share them. If you don't have a person, you don't have that social support, you don't have a network to talk to, please reach out to a mental health professional. Doesn't mean you need to be in counseling for months, but a few sessions, one, two, to find a safe place to talk about this, to share your thoughts and feelings, to know that your responses are normal and to normalize them for you by another human being. Okay. So one, limit your consumption of media. Okay. Reel it in. We don't need to know all the details right now, especially because we are, we are sensitive. We're sensitive to it because again, emotional and psychological proximity Two, find a safe place to share those experiences and reactions. Three, I want you to give yourself a break. 
Practice self-compassion. Okay. So when we are experiencing the results or the responses of a traumatic event, the way that we perceive the world, the way our brain perceives everything around us has completely shifted. Okay. So now is not the time to make major life decisions. Now is not the time for you to decide you want to move to Mexico. You can, but like, let's decide in two weeks. Okay. And I want you to focus on basic needs. What does that look like? What are basic needs? I want you to focus on drinking enough water. I want you to focus on eating regularly. I want you to focus on getting enough sleep. I want you to focus on exercising, going on a walk, being out in nature. These are the things that I want you to focus on. I want you to focus on creating a sense of safety for yourself by returning to your basic routines and structures. Or if you don't have a regular routine and structure, now is the time to implement one, something small. Okay. You're like, oh, I'm going to get up and then I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to drink a glass of water and then I'm going to go for a five minute walk. Okay. Resuming traditional routines and structures help us create a sense of normalcy and safety for ourselves and for our kids. So I want you to practice self-compassion. I want you to validate your own emotions and fears and anxieties because these are natural reactions you're having to disturbing events. It doesn't matter your level of exposure. Validate them by acknowledging that that's how you feel without judging yourself for it or that you shouldn't be feeling those things. Take care of your basic needs, okay? Take it down, down, down. We're not trying to reach like self-actualization at this point. (laughs) We're not trying to become the new, brand new being so enlightened. Okay, now is not the time for that because our brain is functioning differently and it will for just a little while. Okay, so focus on the basics. Food, water, exercise, and connection. Okay, some things to focus on when you think about resiliency and being able to support yourself through these moments is spending more time with your family. Increase your sense of meaning. A lot of people like to talk about like what they feel like their purpose is. A lot of people like to talk about volunteering or creating new priorities, approaching the day differently, approaching life differently. Like how, find a way to define how, and this is a great journal prompt, How will this event, how will I let this event define the rest of my life? How do I want to live after this event? Okay, so when you journal, I would like you to ask yourself that. How is this affecting me? What feelings am I having? What thoughts am I having? How do I want to live my life knowing that this event happened? And just stay connected, okay? Create that social support. Stay connected to each other. Find a safe place to express, even in a mental health professional, but also allow that kind of camaraderie among your friends and together to just talk about what's happening and how it's impacting you, okay? Guys, that's all I have today. I wanted to make sure that as quickly as possible, we could get you tools 
to support yourself and your friends, your family members, the other parents in your circles that might also be reeling from this experience right now. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time to listen every week to our rambling and our jokes, but more importantly, to creating this community with each other where we can support each other, where we can be a safe place to express these thoughts and feelings. I really have nothing else to say except love each other and be a good human. Thanks for coming to Mindful as a Mother podcast. If you'd like more of us and Mindful as a Mother, you can find Paige at Instagram at Parenting with Paige and Lindsay at Linz underscore Adams LCSW. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and in our Facebook group, creating community and smashing parental stigma, embracing mindful motherhood and positive parenting. Thanks so much and see you next time.